The Smart Influencer Podcast brings you inspiring interviews and provides you with actionable tips and strategies, helping you work smarter and scale faster. I'm Christina. And I'm Corinne. And we're your hosts. Before we get to today's episode, we have a freebie we think you're going to love. Are you tired of trying to remember how to do certain tasks in your business? You know, like those tasks we only do every once in a while? Or do you dread spending hours training new team members? What if I told you there was an easier way to bring and keep everyone up to speed? They're called SOPs, or Standard Operating Procedures. I know this sounds technical, but I promise you, creating SOPs for your business will revolutionize your operations and workflows. And it doesn't matter if you're a one-woman show or you have a team of 20. SOPs will help your business. If you're ready to get started creating SOPs, grab the Smart Influencer SOP Guide for Bloggers. We created this free guide to help you create and implement your own SOPs to organize your business and maximize growth. Go to thesmartinfluencer.com forward slash SOP to grab your free guide today or click on the link in the episode notes. Okay, so today we are talking all about SOP templates and what you should include in yours. Um, And as you know, we are big fans of templates because it saves you time and mental energy much later um, and saves you a lot of it. So we've been talking a lot over the past several weeks about SOPs. So of course, you knew we were going to talk about templating. (laughs) It's a marriage made in heaven. If you listen to us at all, it's no surprise this is today's topic. And then we'll tell you to create an email about it. (laughs) No, we won't. (laughs) No, we won't. Although we will tell you to create an SOP for your emails. So, (laughs) Yes, yes, we will. The first thing we need to, to hit home again, and if you've listened to our other episodes about SOPs, you've heard us say this over and over again, because it's that important, is understanding the hierarchy of SOPs, processes, and tasks. So we've used the book example throughout. So we're going to continue with that. The SOP is the book, right? So that is the overarching topic. Then your process would be the chapters of that book. And then the tasks would be the pages in the chapters. You're going to create an overarching SOP, but the real nitty gritty comes in with the processes and the tasks. So I think that's important to understand. So you're not going to be creating this huge, ginormous to-do list in an SOP. We're going to break it down into these micro areas. So today we said we're talking about SOP templates and we are going to cover that, what you should be in your SOP template. But because the real juice, right, like the real meat of this is going to be in your processes, we're also going to walk through your processes template. But we don't want to get to that until we've talked about your SOP template. And before we even jump into all this, make sure you grab our freebie on this. If you haven't already done so, the SOP guide for bloggers, just go to thesmartinfluencer.com forward slash SOP or click in the link in the show notes and grab that free guide because it's going to help you work through this process and give you a jumping off point. Exactly. So let's talk about first what should be in the SOP part of our SOPs. (laughs) So first thing is you're going to... Define the SOP. So what is it you are creating a standard operating procedure for? What aspect of your business? And I think the example we've been using throughout would be like content creation, right? That's the general SOP, content creation. Right. We'll use that as an example, maybe going 
so we're consistent. Exactly. And since it applies to probably everyone in the audience, no matter what type of content you're creating, if we're all content creators. I like to include in mine and these these different factors. I think Corinne and I were we're very similar in how we think, but sometimes she has things that I didn't think about and vice versa. So we've kind of taken both of our approaches and melded them together into into one thing. So we're going to work through that. And these are actually the points that we built into our smart influencer SOP and team manager. Um, so we're going to take you through that and and give you some of the details that we have in there and that should be in there to make sure you have all your bases covered. So this is you're actually getting a look inside the SOPs that we have <laughs> and what we include in ours. So peek behind the curtain. Okay, so we talked about having the name of the SOP. I like to talk about like the department or like where it fits in the role of my business. So like content creation is different from social media promotion. So I would create whatever department that is or give it some sort of category. Can you give us a peek inside? Because I and I love that you categorize. I don't typically categorize this granularly. So like what types of categories do you have for your SOPs, Christina? So content would be one of them. So within content, there's all the different processes. Um, Graphic design might be another one. Social media might be another one. Promotion, because I I break out social media versus like email marketing and other types of promotion. Um, Video operations. (laughs) So again, we do things sometimes a little bit differently. Both of these, like, so department is in system. We built it in because Christina uses it. I I am. The the real reason I do like categories is because when you're working on one piece, you can just pull out that chunk and not be overwhelmed with all of it. And I feel like that's a really nice way to to kind of look at your business. Now, with that being said, though, you don't have to use that. Right. But it's a nice thing to consider when you're building your template. So if your brain works that way and likes to categorize, build in the category. The next thing that we have built in and that I think both of us include in all of our SOPs is the purpose. Like (laughs) you should define what it is. Like you've named it, but the purpose is going to spell that out a little more specifically. So content creation is going to be our SOP, but the purpose of that is really like however you define that for your business, but the purpose is going to spell that out more consistent, you know, more specifically. So for me, that's creating in general blog, you know, I'm talking about a blog post when I'm talking about content creation for, for my business. So it's, you know, to create blog posts for the site to, you know, to draw traffic. Mm -hmm. In here is probably where I would include my, we've talked about this in a previous episode, how I include my um, flow chart, of my SOP in there. So whether that's, you know, a Canva drawing or like my hand scratched thing on on a piece of paper, I like to include that flow chart so that you could see where in the process or how that SOP flows. I do really like that. Um, The other thing that I like to do, and this is a probably just from the the writer in me. I like a good summary statement that like so that you know what it should entail. So and this is written almost like a book report in in high school, right? The summary is just going to summarize what that entire process or what that entire SOP covers. So for again for content creation, like all of the steps from keyword research through and you name, you know, the general categories that include that here within the summary. Do you put anything else in in your summary, Christina? No, I just kind of use the litmus test of if you're looking at this summary, do you know who it is for and who it isn't for? So if someone were to look at that and go, that's not my job, 
I don't belong there, then they can, you know, they can easily tell that from the summary. Good tip. Um, the next thing I would include is any prerequisites that need to occur for this SOP to happen. So for content creation, maybe recipe development isn't part of that SOP for whatever reason. Maybe that is its own SOP. You would need to have recipe development done before you can create the content. So if there's a step or an SOP that comes before that, or let's even back it up, social media promotion, right? You can't do social media promotion if you don't have the content to promote. So you would need to do content creation before SOP promote or before social media promotion. Oh, I'm working that word into everywhere. (laughs) All right. And then the next thing are accountability measures, right? So how are you going to measure whether or not the job's been completed correctly? Who's checking the the work? How are you accountable for this this process or for this procedure? I keep using the terms interchangeably. (laughs) Who's checking it? How are they checking it? What are the criteria for uh, for making sure that it's been done correctly and in a timely manner? Yeah. Hey, smart influencers. Promoting your content to your followers is one of the most important things you do as an influencer. While social media is great, Corinne and I strongly believe that email marketing is the best way to stay in touch with your community. After all, it's the one medium that isn't controlled by a third-party algorithm. When it comes to email service providers, I love MailerLite. It has a tiered pricing schedule that's great for smaller businesses, and it's quite affordable. MailerLite also has all of the features you'd expect, automated workflows, targeted campaigns, and it even integrates with major e-commerce platforms. In fact, it's the service that we use for the Smart Influencer. Want to learn more? Go to thesmartinfluencer.com forward slash MailerLite or click on the link in the episode notes. Next up would be any references or definitions that you need to include, right? So we talked in a previous episode about the jargon. Our, I think our industry has so much jargon. We always speak in acronyms. SOP is an acronym. And defining that, I think, makes so much sense, not only for your team, but as we mentioned previously, if somebody, if something should happen to you and you can't run your business, is somebody else able to understand what you're doing and why you're doing it. You know, maybe, you know, we all know what SEO is, but I know even working with my interns who are, you know, they're in college right now, they don't always learn about SEO. So they don't know, but I say, oh, search engine optimization. They're like, oh yes, I know what that is, but what is it? (laughs) Like, what is search engine optimization and what does it include? So it's important to spell those things out. And I think we take for granted a lot of those things. I think that's it for... The our SOP template. Yeah, I think the only other thing I would track here is if it's a current SOP or something that I've archived. Oh, yeah, you do track that. Yeah, because sometimes something comes back, right? So a process, like look at Pinterest. Pinterest was utmost importance five years ago. Now it's not as important, but it might be making a comeback. So I don't like to just get rid of them or delete them. I archive them and tag them in Airtable as archived. So it gets them out of my view, but the information is still there. Right, in case you ever bring it back later. Mm -hmm. I do like that. Okay, so that's the overarching, what we would include in an overarching SOP. So notice in there, there's no step-by-step instructions. Right. (laughs) To me, the SOP is easier because we're still up here. You're not in the details yet, and that's always easier for me. This is just a summary to get to, like, again, is the right person looking at it? Do they need to delve deeper? And this is, for me, more of an organizing yeah. function, right? Like to organize the, the bigger pieces of your business. Mm-hmm. So the nitty gritty, 
comes in the processes because now each of these SOPs is going to be made up typically of multiple processes. So if we stick with our content creation example, there's a lot that goes into creating content. Like, you know, let's use a blog post, right? Like, so we've got to actually, if you're a food blogger, you've got to develop the recipe, but then you need to, you know, photograph the recipe. Then you need to write the blog post. Maybe you're doing video. That's a whole different process as well. So lots of processes in the content creation. So most of your SOPs are going to have more than one process. So this is where we're going to, even though we're talking about SOP templates, we're going to actually focus a lot of our time and attention on the process template because this is where you want to make sure you get in all of the details that are going to be needed to perform these tasks um, the way that you want them done. Yeah. So I think the first thing is we need to name the process, right? I think you need to, I think, carefully name it. And I, I've, we always talk about naming conventions. I like to be consistent with that. So it's like creating images or, you know, like I like to be concise, but clear at the same time. I don't ever sacrifice clarity for being concise because right. you want to know what it's about. So naming your process so you understand, not just like Facebook process. It might be like scheduling viral content to Facebook. And then the right. next one might be scheduling memes to Facebook if that's part of your strategy. Gotcha. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step -step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step -step guide to starting your podcast today. Then the other thing we like we have built into our template is the status that you talked about, whether it's open or archived, because a lot of times you'll take you'll step a process out because you change your workflow. But then you don't want to lose all those instructions because you've gone through all this time and trouble to create the processes and create the checklist. So you can archive it so you can bring it back later in case you reintroduce that. And an example of that might be Pinterest, right? Like Pinterest went a little crazy. We've talked about that several times on on the podcast. And I know a lot of people stepped away. It just was not a, it was, there wasn't a good ROI on continuing to invest time or invest money in a Pinterest manager when you weren't seeing the traffic from it. But Pinterest has pivoted again and is starting to come back. So you might reintroduce some of those processes back into your business. Mm -hmm. And if you had deleted them, you wouldn't have them anymore. So you could simply switch it from archived back to open and reintroduce it back into your workflow. Yeah. And if you were listening to our previous episode on how to create an SOP, I talked about doing like micro videos with your processes. And if you're doing that, you might only need to swap out one little segment of that tutorial video to make that process current again. So the next field that I include in my process template is the frequency with which this task or this process is done. So is it something that's done daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually? Is it something that's only done as needed? Or the other one I'd like to use, is it a one-off task? Because sometimes we have those one-off projects, you know, that we're doing that we don't do all the time, just kind of at random. So right. I do like to categorize them with the frequency. 
Um, and then the next thing is any team members that are on it. And this, I, and I talked about this in the uh, in a previous podcast that we did when we were talking about creating SOPs. And I really struggled with this because I didn't start I didn't start chronicling my SOPs until I already had a team in place, which made training. <laughs> it's one of the reasons I needed it. It made training very difficult not having those SOPs in place, so I had to create them on the fly. Um, but then I started to create them when I already had team members in certain roles. And for me to parse out like what their actual role was from the person was difficult. So you'll want to put team members, but I would, I, I'm going to say for the purpose of your template, don't think of it as an actual person. Think of the role that's being played because although you might be playing that role now or you might have a virtual assistant that is performing that role, they might be performing six roles um, and then later you're going to shift it in and only one person's going to do the role. So try to define the roles of the people. So maybe you have a social media person or maybe you have a graphics person. Like define the role and not the... like. We're calling it team member, but my role might be the better the yeah. better term there. Yeah. So I define, you know, my VAs have different roles and my interns all have different roles in which they fulfill. So I definitely set that up separately. The next thing we would include here are the resources that you need to complete this process, right? And we talked about this previously too. You may need several different tools and it's always something, the first thing I cover in my training video, like, okay, I'm going to show you how to do X, Y, Z. And to do this, you need tool A, tool B, tool C. You're going to need access to those three things. And I do that for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's it lets them know what they need access to. And if they didn't get that access already, they know they need to ask for it and say, oh, I don't have access to blah, blah, blah. Where this really comes in, in handy is if you, you need to give them WordPress access. I don't know about you guys. When I assign a new role in WordPress, it always goes to spam. They never know they got it. And the email comes from WordPress, not from me. So people don't know what they're looking for. It's in the spam folder. So I'm going to say 9.75 times out of 10, I'll get an email saying I don't have access to WordPress. I'm like, just check your spam folder. It's there. (laughs) That's happened a lot with WordPress lately. Yeah, WordPress is wonky with that. I like to put all the different resources. So they may need, they will always need access to some sort of Airtable to find their assignments. And they may need Canva or Dropbox or, um, like I said, WordPress. But tracking all of that for onboarding purposes is helpful, but also for offboarding. So when someone is finished working with you, you know what access to revoke as well. Right. All right, so next up in your process template is going to be the process. I like to do the summary and the checklist. So again, the English major in me likes to see a good summary statement to kind of cover it up. So before you get into the details, you know what you're looking at. Yes, Mishnet. Um, (laughs) And as Christina, you mentioned before, it's helpful for someone to scheme that summary and say, oh, this doesn't apply to me or it does. So they can get out of there before they're, you know, in the weeds in the checklist. So a good summary statement of what the process covers and then the actual step-by-step if that applies or the checklist that they're going to need to go through to actually perform this process. This is the meat of the process, right? Like all these other components are important, but this is the part that's going to get utilized on the regular as someone's performing this specific process. These are all the tasks that are related to it. Yeah. And I think that goes hand in hand with the next part, which is the tutorial video, you know, where you're actually walking them through 
that process and that checklist. And you could have one, you can have the other, you can have both, you can have a hybrid. It's entirely up to you. This is your process template. So you need to customize it for what works for your line of business. But um, some of them, I just have a video. Other ones, I just have the checklist. Other ones, I have both. So it's just the way it works out. Sometimes I have a video and then I have three or four different checklists because certain things have happened and I just didn't get time to do a video for it. Um, So one thing would be like content creation, right? So I have how to create the blog post, but I just have a checklist on interlinking or a checklist on how to create or how to select the proper category or, you know, different things like that where I just didn't feel like doing a video. Right. So another helpful field to have in your process template is the time that it takes to complete. This is helpful for a lot of different reasons. One of them is if you've onboarded someone new, it's very easy for them to tell if they're struggling with this task and for you to tell, right? If it's supposed to take 15 minutes, it takes you 15 minutes to take to do the task or 15 minutes for the previous VA to do the task or the previous intern, but it's taking them an hour then maybe they're misunderstanding something. And then I think, Christina, you've used the alternate example too. If it normally takes you an hour, but they're completing it in 15 minutes, odds are that they are not understanding part of that process and they're skipping steps. So it's really easy to identify that. And you should, in general, know how much time it takes to do the task in your your business. Especially Um, if you're outsourcing to make sure you're being built correctly. Exactly. You know, sometimes you can gauge this off the tutorial video. If you're doing a tutorial video where you walked through step by step, it shouldn't take any longer than the tutorial video, certainly. So if you want to even use that as your time. Now, I will say most of the time you're going to do the process faster than anybody else will. So keep that in mind and don't don't hold your team to like <laughs> extraordinary limits that there's no way they can accomplish. Right. So if it takes you 30 minutes to to do this task, but it's taking your team 45 minutes, that's probably still reasonable. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the next piece that I include is when it was last updated. So this is super important because things change all the time. So if I'm looking and I say, okay, my Pinterest process hasn't been updated since 2015 or whatever, I know it's probably time to go in and look at that and make sure that they're doing it right. And we've talked in previous episodes about the importance of reviewing and updating your SOPs. So this gives you kind of like that checklist of when you last looked at it so you know when it needs to be looked at again. Right. So the only other thing that actually should be in both the process template and your SOP template is an interlinking between the two. So you know which processes go with which SOP. So in your SOP template, make sure that you list any of the processes that are involved with it. And then with your process, in your process template, you should include which SOP it belongs to, um, just to make it easier to fit all the pieces together. And this is one of the reasons why we like using Airtable for managing things, because it's like a database. You can do those relational um, connections. And we actually take it a step farther in um our SOP and team manager, and we connect those processes to team members. So you can assign a process to a team manager, and then they have that. They have a dashboard where they can go in and see what they've been assigned and what 
they specifically need to be working on. Um, that's one of the cool parts about that product. So if you wanted to check that out, we'll include links in the show notes so you can see that. But it's called the Smart Influencer SOP and Team Manager. All right. So if you did not already grab it when Christina mentioned it at the beginning of the episode, don't forget to go to the smartinfluencer.com forward slash SOP to grab the free SOP guide for bloggers. Um, that way it kind of steps you through everything we just talked about to help you like design your template and, and put that in place in whatever format you want to do it. All right. We will see you next time. What if we told you there's a quick and easy way to drive more traffic to your site that is completely free? Every day we talk with bloggers who aren't using this method or haven't even heard of it. We're talking about submission sites, and we use them to drive thousands of page views to our different sites, and the process takes just a few minutes. If you haven't used submission sites before and are wondering where to start, check out Blog Traffic Hidden Gems. This guide will walk you through everything you need to know, from what they are and how they work, to best practices for submitting your post, and insider tips to save time. Also included is a list of submission sites and an Airtable tracking system so you can start submitting your content and driving traffic to your site right away. Want to learn more? Go to the smartinfluencer.com forward slash submission or click on the link in the episode notes. Thanks so much for tuning in today. You can connect with us on Instagram and Facebook at The Smart Influencer. You can support The Smart Influencer podcast by leaving a review on your favorite podcast player. This helps us bring great guests onto the show and allows others to discover our content. And of course, we encourage you to share The Smart Influencer podcast with your friends and colleagues who are looking to work smarter, not harder. Don't forget to check out the show notes for the links to everything we talked about today. And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Now go make today great.